0: You are tuned into The Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. Hey guys, on this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I'm going solo and I'm gonna be talking all about cholesterol today. You guys have asked me for this episode for the last couple of years. And while I have talked about cholesterol on a myriad of other episodes on the Dr. Tina Show, I haven't actually done a whole solo episode about it. So this one's gonna be a bit beefy. I think you're gonna learn a few things. I think even those of you who are healthcare practitioners out there will hopefully learn a few things and let's jump in. A question I get often is about all the different forms of magnesium and what's best for what. I feel like it's all gotten way overcomplicated. Even for me, it's been overcomplicated. No one needs seven or eight bottles of different forms of magnesium in their cupboard and not know how to use them. And sure, while certain forms may be better in certain situations, can we all agree that simply getting one's magnesium levels up in the body is a good thing? Magnesium was depleted from our topsoil decades ago, and now over 75% of the population is magnesium deficient. Considering it's a key nutrient for healthy immune responses, it's a non-negotiable mineral for me at least to double down on going into winter. I've recently discovered a full spectrum product called Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. It's a blend of seven different forms of magnesium along with vitamin cofactors and humic and fulvic acids magnesium breakthrough helps improve digestion supports muscle recovery and supports healthy bone density simplify your life and your routine with this all-natural full-spectrum magnesium supplement head to magbreakthrough.com forward slash dr tina and use promo code dr tina at checkout to save 10 percent on your order that's magbreakthrough.com forward slash dr tina promo code dr tina to save now so first off, I am encased in ice here in Oregon. We are literally on like day four of the ice apocalypse, and I'm freezing. So I've got my hoodie on and my hat on. And, you know, those of you on YouTube can just watch. This is pretty much my uniform all the time. Black hoodie, black hat. <laughs> Sometimes I put some lip gloss on. Who would have who thought? So let me pull up my notes here. Um, I'm going to be relying on them heavily because I got a lot of information I want to make sure that We talk about. First off, this is a heated topic in medicine. A lot of people are subscribed to the, it's such nonsense, to be honest with you. And if you go back, there's a book called Prescribing by Numbers, and he talks all about, I can't remember the author's name, I'm sorry. Uh, He talks all about how basically a vegetarian group of people got a hold of what the nutrition standards were going to be in the United States. Uh, coupled up with big pharma with an agenda to sell statin drugs, which were new at the time. And you have the advent of really a propagandized push to get some pharmaceuticals into some bodies. And so um, I'll talk about statins here in a second, but it's a really heated topic. And there's a lot of doctors that still subscribe to the old ways. I mean, for instance, in 2005, a study came out showing that red meat did not cause problems with cholesterol. And that it was not the problem. It was processed red meat. And yet you still, in 2024, I mean, almost 20 years later, you, you know, and at the time I remember in 2005 thinking, God, it's been long enough. Like, thank you for somebody for finally coming out and saying it. I mean, I felt like it was an old dinosaur narrative back then. And we're here we are all these decades later. So if some of you think I'm kind of a bitch, like, please understand why I have been trying to get this information out for decades. And I'm so tired of arguing with people about it who are ignorant intentionally and aren't keeping up with the data. I mean, it's like COVID only, you know, decades of it. So no, red meat's not the problem. Let's just stop having that conversation. I don't even wanna argue. It's like trying to argue with flat earthers. Um, So this is a heated topic and obviously I have some emotion in it too. I. We'll start by telling you that full disclaimer, I am not your doctor. Do not discontinue any of your medications. Do not, you know, throw caution to the wind and and try to deal with this solo. I am not your doctor. Um, I am not giving you medical advice. This is education only. I'm giving you my educated take on cholesterol. And it's been a passionate topic for me for a long time. I always ran super low. I still run low. Being low is really bad. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But I You know, when I actually started getting more cholesterol in my diet, my life profoundly changed for the better. And it's not just the cholesterol. It's the, you know, I've been a big fan of beef for a long, long time, for decades. And eating high saturated fat foods really turned the ship around for me and my health and my mental health and and so many other things. So I also have helped a lot of patients work through this. When you tell patients cholesterol is not the enemy and that the cholesterol they're eating and the foods they're eating is not the enemy, they look at you like you have two heads. It's wild. It's wild to watch the two lobes of their brain fight with each other. And then usually their initial reaction is to get angry with you. Because I could imagine if I'd spent decades withholding cholesterol from my diet, I'd be, you'd be a miserable, we'd all be miserable people. Your brain's, you know, 20 to 25% cholesterol. You need cholesterol to make your hormones. You need cholesterol uh, in your diet. And yet, most of the cholesterol we're eating actually doesn't even impact our endogenous production of cholesterol. I'll get to that in a second. Point being though is saturated fats are not the enemy and folks have a really hard time wrapping their heads around this, especially if they've been poisoned by statins for you know a long time and dealing with all the side effects of those. So anyway... All that to say, I'm not your doctor. I'm also not available for questions. I cannot answer your emails. I cannot give you medical advice. Um, I cannot answer personal medical questions. I cannot make personal referrals. I legally cannot refer you to somebody. There's no like database of like, oh yeah, I know exactly a doctor in your small town. I mean, like that's that's an absurd thing to assume I would even know. (laughs) I mean, no disrespect, but like how how the F would I know that? And uh, number two, I can't legally do it. I can only make referrals from actual patients of mine. And since I have very few patients and I'm not taking any patients, I can't help you. I, I inevitably get, even though I say this over and over, I, I say this right now because I inevitably get... Um, You know, somebody will send me a long, really sad email, and it's it's frequent. Either a DM or an email begging me to please do a consult with them because they can't find anyone to answer them, and I just can't do it. I'm just not available for that. So please don't ask. It hurts my heart. I just don't respond to those emails anymore. So um, all that to say, let's jump in here. Let's get into the topic of cholesterol. I love you all. I appreciate you all. I just can't. uh, I'm not available past this podcast. Is my point. So. Cardiovascular disease is the number one leading cause of death in the United States. It outpaced COVID in 2020 and 2021 by three times as many deaths. And yet, you know, you don't hear much about it. And it's been really normalized. And nobody gets locked in their homes for months on end and forced into, or mandated, I should say, into getting a therapeutic uh, intervention in order to keep their jobs over it. And exercise is not being mandated. And they don't even talk about the root cause, which I'm going to talk about today. And it's because it's an incredibly profitable condition, right? There's a lot of companies making a lot of money off of this. And I don't think that people understand the physiology maybe, or maybe they're just disregarding their first year medical school, basic sciences. We saw a lot of that over the past few years. So this, I don't see why this would be any different. Um, since 2021 happened though i will predict that i think that cardiology is going to be a very fast growing career path if anybody wants to go into medicine and so let's talk about cholesterol right that seems to be the super villain in the storyline of cardiovascular disease and heart disease and is it really the villain that it's been made out to be i say no not at all and i'm going to tell you why i used to have this chart it's somewhere in my house i moved my clinic you know i moved out of my clinic closed it down years ago and um, i've got this laminated chart that's different colors. And what it was was somebody actually put together, they went through the World Health Organization's data, and they put together all causes of mortality, or the main ones at least, there was at least 20 different causes on there, and their relationship to cholesterol levels. And in every single case, those with super low cholesterol were dying at a much higher rate than those with high cholesterol. Right, and that was very compelling. And so I would show this to every patient when I had this conversation in clinic, and it was usually on the first or second visit. And I'd be like, "This is you—you know—you've been lied to." And the, because the folks with the highest cholesterol levels on those—and this is all over the world, mind you—the folks with the highest cholesterol levels on those on that chart uh, were living the longest with less disease. So, I mean, that's fairly compelling. Um, and people would balk and obviously, again, like the two lobes of their brain would start fighting because this is back in the early 2000s when I'm having this started having this conversation with patients and p- patients were like, what, you know, and their initial reaction is to fight back, which is, you know, that's that seems to be my life story. <laughs> Tell people things that they're not comfortable hearing. That's actually the truth. And then they get mad at you. Um And low levels of cholesterol have been known to cause more accidents, folks with low cholesterol, i.e. me, this is something I've battled for a long time, increases of all-cause mortality, increases from accidents, um, higher levels of dementia, and lowered immune function. Turns out you need cholesterol for healthy immune function and brain function. So again, 20 to 25% of your brain is literally made of cholesterol. If you were to look at a cadaver's brain, it's like the consistency of butter almost, it's wild. Also, the cholesterol you ingest has very little to do with the cholesterol levels in your blood, as I said. Your endogenous or internal production of cholesterol has way more to do with some factors I'm about to go into than it does with what you're eating. Now, if you're type 2 diabetic, because of what I'm about to bring up, you it will impact you. So, you know, you start slamming fat, especially bad fats, right? We don't ever want to eat bad fats. I've talked about this in the past, and some call it seed oils, but, you know, rancid, gross, trans fats, and um, industrial Cholesterol seed oils are garbage for your cells, and we don't want to eat them. So, that's not going to help anybody's cholesterol level. But it's not because of what you think. It's not the cholesterol you're eating magically turning into the cholesterol in your blood that they run on labs. That's not how this happens. I'll tell you why. The bulk of the cholesterol that you see on your labs is not coming from your daily egg yolks. So please, for the sake of God, stop throwing away your egg yolks. It makes no sense to me. When people tell me they eat egg whites, I'm like, why? Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> like, Why would you throw away the yolk? The yolks where all the nutrients are things that's really hard to get things that are really good for your brain, like choline, like, look at that yellow color. Like why on earth would you be eating? I mean, I, I, I would almost consider egg whites worthless, to be honest with you, if you were to ask me to compare them to yolks. But Uh, somehow we got that you see what I'm saying like in my lifetime the nonsense I've watched evolve in the nutrition world is just mind-boggling that people still to this very day are like oh I'm a strength and conditioning person and I'm gonna up my egg whites and I'm like why don't you just up your eggs in whole (laughs) just eat more eggs right like makes no sense so anyway it's not coming from your eggs, it's coming from your endogenous production. It turns out that cholesterol is the precursor for all of your sex hormones like estrogen and testosterone. And when your body is aging and your hormonal production is waning naturally, your body starts to endogenously increase production of cholesterol in an attempt to supply the body and the or you know, the specific hormonal organs with the substrate to make more hormones. So, it's a natural reaction to aging to have your cholesterol creep up. Now in today's society, maybe 20, 30 years ago, I could have said that would be the cause of your higher cholesterol as you age. I am going to probably blame it on busted metabolic health, which you guys know my whole platform is about metabolic health. So that's what we're going to talk about here in detail, plus a couple other topics that tie into it because that's actually what's going on with people. Um, And many of the different roles of cholesterol, like You know, we think of LDLs and HDL. We think LDL is the bad guy, HDL is the good guy. It's way more complicated than that. And that is not correct. But their roles in our body are, you know, energy delivery, quorum sensing, meaning they help you neutralize pathogens. They're really uh, intimately related to your immune system function, fat-soluble deliveries. So getting, you know, your fat-soluble K A, E, D around the body and then antioxidant delivery. So now these LDLs we know contain high levels of antioxidants and it's because when free radicals attack LDL and they oxidize, LDLs oxidize, that's when we have trouble. It's not the LDL that's the bad guy, it's oxidized LDL, that's the bad guy. We don't want that. And it has its own endogenous supply of antioxidants to protect it. So anyway, I have a whole episode that I recorded with Dr. Lauren Latanza. I'll give you the episode at the end. It's also going to be in the show notes. She goes into detail about the different types of cholesterol. I don't want to go over that again. Please go listen to that episode and just know that it's not inherently cholesterol that's the bad guy. LDL is not a bad guy. Uh, HDL isn't always a great guy. In fact, some data that I just looked at yesterday showed that those with like long-term, those with elevated LDL might do better than those with elevated HDL. We're always trying to, and clinically we're always trying to get people's HDL up versus their LDL. Like we may not, we, we don't have this down guys. Let's just put it that way. And you can do advanced lipid testing and that's what Dr. Latanza talks about on that episode. Um, but it, it's really not as simple as they try to make it in your yearly physical when they're like, your LDL is high and your HDL is low. Let's give you fish oil. That's not it. They are missing the plot <laughs> completely. Busted metabolic health and rocking elevated blood sugars is what's messing up and oxidizing your cholesterol and your LDL, right? And we'll get back to this. Because LDL we know is higher in people with type 2 diabetes, actually type 1. Anybody with uh, diabetes whose blood sugar is not well regulated is dealing with LDL elevations. They're also usually dealing with triglyceride elevations. And so it's not as simple as looking at the labs and making a blank judgment on the patient. And it's certainly the answer is not supplying them with a statin to take for the rest of their life to lower their cholesterol levels. Like that's ridiculous. And I actually have a whole episode on that I'll share in the show notes as well, all about statins. Statins, which are cholesterol lowering drugs, are the number one selling drug in the United States. So the war on cholesterol might have something to do with that. Just a thought, right? When I see elevated cholesterol in my patients these are the first three questions I have. These are the first things I think of clinically. Number one, how's their metabolic health? Number two, how's their thyroid function? And number three, how's their hormonal status? So let's break these down. Number one, insulin resistance. That's their metabolic health. Insulin resistance is rampant, 94. So data from 2018 that was published in 2021 showed that 94% of US adults have busted cardiometabolic health. So that's ninety, probably 94% of those of you listening have busted cardiometabolic. Of your metabolic health. What does that mean? It means you're rocking insulin resistance, which means you are on the path to type 2 diabetes. That's there's no other way to put it. There's not a gentle way to deliver that information. 94% of US adults are rocking high insulin levels with some level of insulin resistance and they are busting their not only their metabolic health but their cardiovascular health and they are walking headlong into type 2 diabetes. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And that sucks because that's a whole other ball game. And you have heard me say this on other episodes, by the time somebody gets to the diagnosis of type two diabetes, their metabolic health is so completely busted that turning that ship around is a nightmare. It is far better to avoid it. It is far better to know early on what you're dealing with. I have a free guide. You guys can go to my website and click on the red button and download my Assess Your Metabolic Health free guide. I, you can go to my Instagram, it's right there as well. And we'll make it available in the show notes. It is the international diagnostic criteria that was developed after I started in medicine, believe it or not. I started in medicine as my mentor's receptionist. <laughs> Actually, I started before that working in the hospitals in high school. I am sorry, college um, in the dementia and Alzheimer's clinic. So I, I have been looking at cholesterol issues of the brain for a long time. I'll get to that in a moment. But the whole uh, metabolic syndrome thing didn't even exist back then. It was just a thought. And my mentor was diagnosing it and treating it. They were calling it syndrome X at the time, but it's basically you're rocking pre-diabetes for a couple decades before you walk into diabetes. And I've got tons of episodes all about metabolic health. You can go back and listen to, but insulin provides an integrated and concerted set of signals that allows for the balance of nutrient demand and availability. It's really a necessary and important hormone in our bodies, but we need to keep it in check. Impaired nutrition contributes to hyperlipidemia and insulin resistance causing hyperglycemia, which is elevated blood sugars. And metabolic dysfunction. but interestingly, hyperglycemia causes and leads to the insulin resistance. so it's a chicken and egg, it's a vicious cycle and it's a roller coaster folks have a very hard time getting off of without I mean the only solution really is lifestyle interventions which there's no there's no drug, there's no miraculous anything. there's no miraculous peptide. Um, there are helpers. there are tools that are helpful but not they don't work unless you're doing the work and I'll talk about more of that in a second. This condition alters cellular metabolism and intracellular signaling that negatively impacts all your cells. And then this hyperlipidemia or elevated cholesterol, elevated lipids leads to insulin resistance and type two diabetes as well. So they don't know what's causing what, but I'll tell you, if you just look at the timeline of a human being, they usually start to rock insulin resistance and the response is they get hyperlipidemia, but elevated and chronic hyperlipidemia will drive people into type 2 diabetes as well. you glom up the liver, you mess up everything. you mess up the pancreas, you mess up digestion I mean on and on it goes so you mess up the brain. So how do you get off that roller coaster right that's that's what we got to talk about here. Hang in there with me. remember again this study I talked about that came out in 2021 that was looking at data from 2018 that showed that 94 percent of US adults were cardiometabolically busted i.e. they were insulin resistant, i.e. they were on their way to type 2 diabetes. So insulin resistance is the root cause driver of cardiovascular disease and elevated cholesterol in a myriad of different ways. And you can listen to more about this on episode 98 of my show called High Blood Pressure and Metabolic Health. I did a whole episode about this. So go check that out and get more information there. Um, Just so you understand, because a lot of you are asking me about high blood pressure. I asked my audience to give me their top questions, and I realized a ton of those questions I'd answered in that episode. So just know that these are a chicken and egg situation. Insulin resistance, chicken and egg with high cholesterol and cardiovascular disease, right? Which came first? What do we treat first? The only way out is through what I call all the things, strength training, adding muscle. You cannot actually oxidize your fat, burn it. You cannot burn your fat. If you if you have elevated insulin, your fat will not become mobilized for use out of your adipocytes or your fat cells. It gets locked in there in triglyceride form. And then if you don't have muscle, say it does get out. Say it does get mobilized and it gets out to get burned. It gets burned via beta oxidation in your muscles. So if you don't have any skeletal muscle and you're rocking sarcopenia and you're frail and you're not strength training, you can't even burn the fat. So how would you expect to lose the weight, right? And I mean, it's a little off topic, but it's not because we're talking about fat here. You know, that's really what cholesterol is. So anyway, if folks somehow dodge this heart disease bullet, remember this, this is really important. If insulin resistance is the root cause, in my strong clinical opinion, of cardiovascular disease, it is the root cause of cardiometabolic dysfunction, right? And people somehow dodge that heart attack or that heart disease bullet it's going to manifest later in their life as dementia and brain problems because we know, and we've known this since the early 2000s, and I do not, again, I do not understand how this is not common knowledge at this point because we had the data in the early 2000s that Alzheimer's is type 3 diabetes. What happens is this hyperglycemic state in the brain really mucks up the 25% of your brain that's cholesterol and it messes up the, the fats and it causes a whole bunch of oxidative and inflammatory damage. So really... The root cause solution is to get your blood sugar under control. And the only way to do that, listen to me, please hear me out here. The only, and I say this because so many people message me and say, I lost 40 pounds. And they show me before and after is like, I lost 50 pounds listening to you. I lost 60 pounds listening to you. And they still aren't strength training. And I have said this at least a hundred times. And I I seriously want to beat my head into a wall start strength training first, (laughs) start that path first before you even change your diet. Start strength training first, please. For the love of God, start strength training first because you need the muscle to as insurance to keep this hyperglycemic state under control for the long term. You can take your metformin, you can take your berberine, you can take your GLP-1 agonist. You can take all of these things for the rest of your life, but if you don't have muscle, you are screwed. So please, hopefully that sinks in. Start with the strength training first because the end of the game, if it doesn't take you out in the middle, the end of the game is dementia and Alzheimer's. That's, That's not what any of us want. We don't want that for ourselves and our children do not deserve that. Take care of yourself now so your children are not destroying their lives and their financial lives to take care of you later because you didn't take care of yourself. And I say that from experience because my dad doesn't take care of himself and it pisses me off to no end because guess who is dealing with it now? My mother and it's ruining her life and guess who gets to pay for it later? Me. So not fun, right? All right. And there's a ton of data on this brain blood sugar scenario. I I know that a lot of people want to argue with me on that and be like, it's toxins and it's... I have dog hair all over me. (laughs) It's toxins, it's this and that. Yes, 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 and yes. And these things can compound upon each other. But trust me, more often than not, if if you are rocking the edge of type 2 diabetes, which a ton of Americans are, you have a four times increased risk of developing Alzheimer's, so... I mean, that's, that's, the proof is right there. I've never been big on skincare, but recently started getting more serious as the signs of aging are definitely showing. I've recently started using an incredible skincare line and I'm excited and wanted to share with you. The past few years, my skin has been doing this annoying combo between an allergic prickly heat rash and a perimenopausal rosacea and it drives me nuts. My buddy Andy Nilo owns a skincare line and so I reached out to him for help. Andy is the best dude and he kindly sent me a big box of products to try. And let me just say, wow, I am in love with Alatura skincare. Each and every product from Alatura is a game changer for my skin. The products feel amazing, and my skin is calm and clear again. Alatura is handcrafted natural skincare. Their mission is simple to provide customers a skincare wellness experience with products made of superior natural ingredients packed with nutrients, minerals, and natural growth factors. Alatura is the skincare line I've been looking for, and it checks all the boxes. It's all natural, cruelty free, non toxic, non GMO, and as organic as possible. Listeners of the Dr. Tina Show can now save 20% off your first order by heading to That's alitura.com. That's A L I T U R A.com. And be sure to use code Dr. Tina at checkout for the discount. Or simply click the link in the show notes. You're going to love it. I've been very concerned about this since the 90s, and I've been very concerned about it since the early 2000s. And, you know, I won't even go into what happens when you're metabolically busted in your pregnant what it does to your offspring. Like that's a whole other conversation that I don't think most people are ready for. So anyway, there's, I can't believe we're not, this is not the common knowledge is all. I just can't believe that this is, you know, addressing metabolic health head on is the true solution for so many chronic lifestyle induced conditions that we're dealing with in the United States. And yet it's still not front head, you know, headline news. And why wasn't it headline news during COVID? I will never understand. But anyway, Number two, so we talked about metabolic health. Number two, thyroid function. Hypothyroidism is associated with high cholesterol and hyperlipidemia through modifications in the synthesis, absorption, circulation, and metabolism of lipids. Thyroid hormones increase cholesterol synthesis um, by... Different enzymatic processes. There's actually several mechanisms that get very sciency and have to do with enzymes, cellular receptors, receptor signaling, and liver. You know your hepatic liver physiology uh, that leads to this hyperlipidemic state or this high cholesterol, high lipid state. When someone is in the hypothyroid state, and I'm not going to go into it here, but you can go nerd out on it further if you want to, just for the sake of time. But my mentor taught me this, and hear me out here. Write this down if you have if you're taking notes. He told me like day one of really following him around and learning from him. I learned how to read labs long before I ever went to medical school because he just taught me everything so I could assist him. And he told me this straight up more than one time, screen everyone with elevated cholesterol for thyroid issues. Screen everyone with elevated cholesterol for thyroid issues. That's number one. This was before everybody was really, you know, carrying around excess adipose and- everybody was so metabolically busted. Not everybody was so metabolically busted back in the 90s and the early 2000s. People have gotten, humans have gotten much worse off since then. And so now I would say screen everybody for insulin resistance, which we did in his clinic. And he got called names for it. And I got called names for it later when I was in clinical practice by my colleagues as well. Everyone's like, why do you think everyone's got Pre-diabetes. I'm like, because everyone does or will. (laughs) And here we are. So (laughs) with that 2018 data of 94% of US adults. So ring the bell for Tina being right again, right? Like, not I'm not proud. I mean, I'm not happy about that, but there, there it is. Um reversing the low thyroid function. I mean, back in the day, all we had to do was put somebody on some thyroid hormone and their hyperlipidemia would usually reverse itself. Uh, These women, you know, looking back, thinking about it, they probably did have some metabolic dysfunction, but he wasn't as concerned as he was about their thyroid. And so I think it's a one-two punch, like really making sure people are metabolically sound and also uh, making sure that they have their thyroid assessed and treated. And I say this because I did a whole episode that you can go back and listen to. I think that every person, especially every female over the age of 40, should be on some thyroid hormone. I like desiccated thyroid. You know, there's some data to show that if you are just slightly, slightly hypothyroid, and it's subclinical, meaning it's not even showing up on labs yet, in women, like 250% increased risk of heart attack later in life. So we got to get that handled because if the thyroid's low, the whole biochemistry of that person is going to head them towards this hyperlipidemia and this dis. Lipidemic state where things are messed up, right? So, but what does allopathic medicine do? They throw out their basic physiology education and they prescribe that lipid lowering statin, number one drug in America, and because that's the standard of care, and MDs have to follow the standard of care or they risk losing their license. Which get this statins actually, we have the evidence. I just saw it, I couldn't believe it. Uh, just a week ago, it popped up on my Medscape email. Medscape is like the American Medical Association's platform. And it said, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm ruining this, but the title was somewhere, something like, uh, you know, the risk of statins causing type two diabetes. Are we, you know, is it still worth giving the statin? Like it's so conclusive now. And we were trying to say this decades ago, I got in trouble. I was teaching Pharmacology at the chiropractic college back in 2007, 2008, 2009. And I got in trouble by my dean because I told them that statins led to type 2 diabetes <laughs> and muscle pain. I figured that was important for chiropractors to know. He got so upset with me. And I was like, uh, Do you want to? I like when that kind of stuff happens to me, I just show up with stacks of data. And I'm like, do you want to fight about this? Like, I actually just pulled this off of studies and he was like, well, we don't want to, you know, this drug is important and we don't want to put any doubt in these doctors' minds. And I'm like, oh, what does that remind you of guys? The last few years maybe? So, They put them on statins, which actually induce and lead people towards a diabetic state. We know that the evidence is conclusive on that, especially as of 2023, conclusive. And they induce hypothyroidism. So, how does it make any sense? Do you see the irony? Like it's so upside down and backwards. And again, this is why sometimes I'm a bitch because medicine is so upside down and backwards that it can cause me great rage inside my heart. Like in my soul and my heart want to rage sometimes. Watching the last few years play out really like kind of put me over the edge of it all because it's just such a cluster F. And I, it's one of the, I mean, I left clinical practice because I didn't want to be a part of it anymore. I could not be a part. And I wasn't even taking insurance. I didn't even have to deal with that nonsense. I just couldn't believe what medicine was becoming, even my own profession. I just wanted out. And so I closed my practice. And lo and behold, just when I finally got everything under control and I was like free, it took me like two years to finally, you know, really get all the patients referred out, and make sure everybody was happy and comfortable and getting what they needed. And then, boom, COVID hits. And I jump back in the ring to try to help everybody. And I find myself, you know, feeling responsible again for caring for people. And so this is why I have a large barrier between the podcast and myself (laughs) and I'm not available for consults. (laughs) So I'm trying to just give you guys my brain power in case, you know, the, the powers that be show up with a black bag, like V for Vendetta style and throw, you know, I disappear. At least the podcast is out. Go listen to episode 91 titled Thyroid Health and Dysfunction 101. I talk all about my clinical understanding of thyroid there and why I think that it's particularly important as we age. I I do not think of thyroid hormone as a replacement hormone. I think of desiccated thyroid as an anti-aging longevity hormone. It's a tool in a tool bag. This is where I like to consider GLP-1s and other peptides as part of a comprehensive longevity program. I'm not trying, this is for everyone this is for everyone who wants to age well, right? And finding a doctor who can do this for you is a whole other story. Um, Number three, hormones. That's the third thing I'm always like, where are their hormones at? Why? Because of what I said earlier, cholesterol is a precursor for our sex hormones. So if our estrogen and testosterone are waning as we age, you know, women make more testosterone than they do estrogen. Isn't that interesting? I I have a whole testosterone uh, podcast for women. I have a whole testosterone podcast for just the men. So go back and listen to those. But testosterone is in higher elevations in the body than even estrogen is, but estrogen gets all the attention for women and we need testosterone too. But as we age and our hormone production starts to dip, our bodies endogenously produce more cholesterol to make up for that. And boom, you start to see this escalation of cholesterol in the labs, in the lab testing. And folks freak out and get put on a statin. And I'm like, yo, they're already low testosterone. They're already low estrogen. What are you doing? This is not the solution. It's just going to tank out their hormones further, right? So I have a whole episode for you on that too. Episode 75 uh, titled Happy Hormones Require Healthy Metabolism. I talk more about just in general, kind of tying together the metabolic syndrome and the hormone picture. And I've got a bunch of episodes about hormones you can go back and look at too. And then there's familial hyper, I can never say it, familial hyperlipidemia. (laughs) There's a lot of syllables in there. This is where people have, oh, you know, everyone in my family has high cholesterol, therefore I do. So I am, you know, doomed to a fate of life, a life of statin drugs. No, you are not. I will tell you, I have turned around familial hyperlipidemia, more people than I can count and gotten their cholesterol and their lipids back in the normal range. And you know how I did it? By addressing their metabolic dysfunction, their thyroid and their hormones. I think people have a familial propensity towards metabolic dysfunction. I think like my family is just a bunch of round diabetics. Like I come from a long line of round diabetics. And I think that's more the problem is this familial propensity towards metabolic dysfunction. And then it's showing up, And we're calling it familial hyperlipidemia. And now I have seen this in young people. I have seen this in thin people, but you know what? They were cranking on the carbs and they weren't strength training. And maybe they were stressed out of their minds. I did a whole episode last week about cortisol poisoning basically, about how cortisol will tank out your metabolism. And that's what was happening to me. So I I don't buy this, your genes are your fate nonsense. You know, genetics loads the gun, environment and lifestyle pull the trigger. So keep that in mind and your epigenetics, right? Like what, you know, for instance, if your grandfather was in world war II, your risk of dealing with anxiety is significantly higher. It's, it's, it's not all, but it's not all our fate, right? How we methylate things, how our genes turn on and off has everything to do with how we choose to live our lives. So what can we do? I want to give you some action steps because I just gave you a lot of information. Number one, In this order, (laughs) this is my clinical thinking order. Get your metabolic health in order. That's number one. This is, there's no shortcut for this. No one can do this for you. There's no pill that's gonna hold for very long. There's no peptide magic. This is up to you, you must build muscle. I've already given you that, the argument for why. Uh, You must lower your carb intake. You must get your sleep and your gut health dialed in. And there's more, right? This is where we find someone to work with who can help us. This is the way, this is not just you listening to health influencers on Instagram and taking every parasite cleanse under the sun. In fact, I will tell you this, I'm gonna do a whole episode about this. I quit killing off parasites a long time ago. And I'll tell you why, because in most third world countries where everybody has parasites, guess what they do not have? Crazy high rates of cancer and autoimmune disease. Worms are symbiotic in many ways. Many of these parasites are symbiotic. It's in the sick individual that they become opportunistic. So hold on to that because I will come back to that another day when I feel like opening that Pandora's box because right now everybody wants to sell you a parasite cleanse and like every girl on the street who like did a, five-hour weekend course is now suddenly a parasite expert, and she's going to sell you the $300 program from her 300,000 Instagram page with her fake doctor on the title, because she's in an unlicensed naturopathic state and can call herself a fake ND. So like, this is where you are now in the world, and I'm sorry, this is where we're at. This is this is the lunacy of what it's all become. Um I get why MDs don't like naturopaths and functional medicine doctors (laughs) because there's this whole side of things that just kind of goes off the deep end. Anyway, there's no shortcut on metabolic health. The only way to really secure a healthy lipid levels throughout life is to build muscle and get your metabolic health in order. I have the free guide that you can go check out your assessment metabolic health, but I also have a, a, an inexpensive, wonderful program called the Metabolic Revamp Toolkit. I, I launched it in early 2023, so about a year ago. It's great. It's inexpensive. Grab it now because I'm about to add to it and increase the price. So it's just a bunch of PDFs. It's an ebook. It's a recipe guide. It's the logical thinking as to how to get started on your metabolic health. If you've listened to every single one of my podcasts and you think you're dialed, great. But for 19 bucks, for where it's at right now, go grab it. Uh, it may be more than that by the time you get this episode, if you're listening to it you know further down the, the line in coming weeks. But it's a great tool and it will give you a lot of insight. And as I add to it, those of you who get it at this low price, you get the add-ons for free. So grab it now. We'll make sure it's available in the show notes for you too. And it's also, if you just go to drtina.com, right at the top of the page, there's a big red banner that says, grab my metabolic revamp toolkit. Go ahead and grab it. Or there's a pop-up on my Instagram. When you go to the links uh, on my bio, There's a, it pops right up and you can purchase it right there too. Get yourself a continuous glucose monitor. I think everybody should give this a go for two weeks to a month at least. If you really are metabolically uh, dysfunctional, you're going to want three months. But I love Nutrisense. Listeners of the Dr. Tina show can get thirty bucks off any subscription with Nutrisense, and I, I love them. I love their app. I love their company. I love working with them. I've been working with them for years. There are other companies out there that are also wonderful uh, that are popping up that I really have a lot of respect for as well. But I just I I really dig the Nutrisense app in particular and. I, this has been one of the most profound biohacking tools I've used to get an idea of what my, not only my food, what it's doing to my blood sugar, but what my stress, my sleep, my workouts, all of it. What's that? How is that going? Another great tool, I think, to get a handle on things, and I'll make sure that my affiliate link is in the show notes, is for the Aura Ring. And they don't give discounts, unfortunately, but you can use my link if you want to. Um, It's no additional cost to you. But I love the newer version. I updated to the newer Aura Ring this year, and I love it. It gives you a readout of your stress levels and how your body is handling stress throughout the day. Not to mention, it tells you how your sleep is doing and how your heart rate variability is doing. So it's been really just... I bought one for my husband. I, you know, I make sure he wears it at night when I can remember to bug it. He, he probably gets really sick of me bugging him about everything, but I'm just trying to keep the dude alive. So, cause I love him. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like him more. I just got him, right? I just fell in love with him a few years ago when COVID hit. So I, I need a few more years of him, And This ring has been really telling for him too. So, really eye opening. Uh, Great information between, you know, a good solid. I I think, if anything, go spend the money on a continuous glucose monitor first, and then consider an aura ring if you don't have one. Uh, Number two of the steps, action steps, is continue to build muscle. That's just a non-negotiable. My entire platform is by why, about why muscle is medicine. I've been talking about it for a long, long time. Back when the health, the big health gurus that you guys all love are telling, you know, we're telling you like, go do yoga and be vegan. I was telling you to deadlift and eat steaks and I was it was not popular and I didn't have a big account. <laughs> And then my account got big just about the, you know, you know, who else was saying the same thing was Gabrielle Lyons. She and I were definitely in alignment, but man, everybody else was like, I'm a vegan yogi. And then years later, they're like, I'm having hormonal issues. Like, Yeah, no shit. So anyway, build muscle. I've got about a dozen specific episodes on metabolic health and a myriad of topics like strength training, um, hormones, you name it. So go binge my podcast. Like, Just binge on it for a while if my voice doesn't drive you nuts. And I promise that you will start to understand your metabolic health better. And go grab my toolkit while you're at it. Number three, get your thyroid checked by somebody who knows what they're doing. This is easier said than done. I will apologize in advance. The medical system is busted. This is not gonna be your primary care doctor. They do That's a whole other thing. Go listen to the episode about thyroid as to why. But I've got a couple episodes about thyroid, but most NDs don't even, like naturopathic doctors don't even know what they're doing about thyroid. They don't wanna prescribe it. They're scared of it. They don't know how to manage it. My mentor was like a thyroid guru and he taught me. And then I actually precepted with another doctor doctor who was like the hormone guru. And between the two of them, I really got to understand thyroid. That's why I, you know, the joke used to be when I was in practice, by my colleagues. Like Tina thinks everybody has metabolic syndrome and hypothyroidism and guess what? (laughs) They pretty much do. So again, this is not medical advice, but find somebody who can give you proper medical advice and get you what you need and go listen to my thyroid episodes for more. Step four, get your hormones checked. Again, most MDs and NDs have no clue. This is not, neither of these thyroid or hormones are things that are taught in school, even in naturopathic college, even I'm talking licensed, legit naturopathic doctors. Doctors like myself, not the fake ones that unfortunately I'm not going to name names, but you guys follow a bunch of them. Um, find someone who actually can prescribe, who knows what they're doing and who has done continuing education on the topic, because this is something that you have to actually invest a lot of time into outside of clinical training. This is something we spent weekends and thousands of dollars learning outside of clinical training on how to prescribe physiologic levels of bioidentical hormone replacement. It's so, so important. Please stop being afraid of it, ladies. So many of you, I've known some of you, I've actually known some women for years and years and years in the online space, and they still are afraid of hormones. And I'm watching them age unnecessarily. And I'm like, yo, get a little hormone on board, a little thyroid, a little estrogen, a little progesterone, whatever you need. Find the right person to work with you who's going to do a comprehensive workup. Keep tabs on you. This is not something you try to do by yourself. And make sure you have somebody monitoring you who knows what they're doing so that you can get what you need. Sadly, I will say there's not very many of these people out there and you are definitely going to have to pay out of pocket for them. This is not somebody. This is not something covered by insurance. And you may likely have to travel out of state to get what you need. And that usually means you go once a year to the state they're in so that you can see them in person because that's legally what they are required to do to prescribe you hormones. And then for the rest of the year, you know, you've got to keep up with labs and, and so forth. So so find who you need to find. I apologize that the system is so messed up, but that is what it is. Um, I'm just giving you the information again until they throw the black bag over my head, <laughs> like fever vendetta. I think of this as like the Dr. Tina show is like pirate radio, right? Um, lastly, I want to drive home. There is no supplement that's going to fix this. Stop pounding supplements, you guys. Red rice yeast has the same side effect. profile as statin drugs- They work on the same processes. So if you're pounding red rice yeast, thinking you're doing something, you know, quote unquote natural, you may very well still be shooting yourself in the foot and depleting yourself of CoQ10 and all kinds of other issues. You know, it leads to... muscle pain, joint pain, joint weakness. There's a whole side effect profile of statins. I did a whole episode on it. I'm going to give you all the episodes in the show notes to go further listening and I'll mention them at the end of this. But there's no quick fix. You have to get your metabolic health in order first. You have to start building muscle that's not negotiable. Please hear that in your head when you think, I don't want to work out. Dr. Tina said it's not negotiable. And then get your thyroid hormone and your other hormones checked out by somebody who knows what they're doing and you will watch your lipids and your cholesterol drop into the normal range beautifully. And then if that doesn't work, then you can consider what you need to do to lower your lipids with maybe a pharmaceutical or a supplement. I'm not saying don't do it. We do not want raging high levels of cholesterol. And if you have to take these drugs in the meantime, as you're doing all the other things, and, you know, we you work with someone who starts to lower that statin or that red rice yeast as your lifestyle improves, your health improves. This is a long process. It takes years to build adequate muscle. That's why I say start now. You are not going to notice much for, you'll notice strength gains, but you're not going to notice muscle growth for years. And shoot, I've been at this 10 years and I... I don't think I look markedly different than I did when I started, but I am, my body composition is definitely different. And I, I, I monitor that, you know, I'm, I'm more muscle than fat. (laughs) I used to be more fat than muscle. I was the same size though. From the outside, I don't know if there's much of a difference, but I, you know, it keeps that we have a study that just came out recently that Dr. Tony Yoon and I talked about this on the podcast recently. Um, People who strength train have better skin tone, period, and their faces look younger. So, win win. I think it's a good one. Go grab my metabolic revamp toolkit, the paid one. Go grab my, if you go get the toolkit, the Assess Your Metabolic Health freebie is in there, or you can just grab the freebie if that's where you're at and just see where your metabolic health is. The Assess Your Metabolic Health freebie was designed as an educational tool, not diagnostic, to take to your doctor and have a conversation and ask them to work you up for a metabolic syndrome. And because many doctors are just not doing this. Like you really need, they don't want to hurt your feelings. Medicine is turned into, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So we're not going to point any obvious things out that might be contributing as the root cause to the problems that we're treating with pharmaceuticals. <laughs> like that's pretty much it in a nutshell. So go have the hard conversation with your doctor and see where you are on that. A really quick way and part of what I teach you in the, in the free assessment metabolic health freebie, it, the guide is to keep your waist circumference in check and measure your waist circumference. And I give you the numbers there. So go grab that. If you want to dive deeper, grab the metabolic toolkit. All right. So some podcast episodes you want to check out also episode 46 with Dr. Lauren Latanza. If you want to hear about a breakdown of lipids and how they work and uh, the glycocalyx, all kinds of good stuff. Great episode. Latanza's legit. She's awesome. She's in Scottsdale. She is taking patients. If you want to hear more about how the heart functions, more about the energetics of it. If you want to hear about why structured water, your structured water status of your cells in your body matters. Check out episode 50 with Dr. Stephen Husey. He's awesome. I don't know if he's taking patients. He is in the Midwest and he is awesome. You can find both of them on Instagram as well. If you want to dive deeper into what your metabolic health has to do with all of it and your cholesterol in particular, check out Dr. Johnny Bowden, episode 37, The Great Cholesterol Myth. He wrote a book. It's awesome. You should go read that too. Lastly, I've done an entire episode on statin drugs and how evil I think they are with uh, my friend, Dr. John Kim. He's like my Instagram bestie. We call him the functional pharmacist. It was way back at the start of the Dr. Tina show episode number six. And as always, if you like the show, would love to have your support. Your reviews matter a lot. And sometimes I just get one-star reviews from people who don't like me, who never listen to the show. They're just mad that I'm a chiropractor and a naturopath and I'm talking about something they don't think I should be talking about. So we got to offset the hate <laughs> with love. So if you think I'm worth five stars, please go leave a review. Apple Podcast is probably the best place to do it. That helps my ranking significantly. And you can do it on any podcast platform. Also uh, rate, review, subscribe, send it out to your friends. I think this episode has the potential to really go viral because i think people need to hear this information. I'm hoping that if something made your mind blow today that you'll go consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review. That would be really helpful and share it, share it far and wide because people need to hear this. They are getting dosed on pharmaceutical drugs. I'm not saying all pharma, you guys know me. If you know me, you know I do not think all pharmaceutical drugs are evil. I'm not anti-pharma. I actually think there is a way to blend. There's an art to blending. Low doses of pharmaceutical drugs with nutraceuticals, herbs, natural sources of of health, whilst implementing the necessary lifestyle changes, um, we use drugs sparingly and we use them as as a tool in my world. But statins, straight up, are bad news in my opinion. I very I, one of my greatest. Goals in clinical life was to get as many people off statins as I possibly could so um, I think it's a pretty evil drug and I don't see a lot of upside for it and there's go listen to the episode about it, episode 6 love you all thanks so much for coming and we will be back next week thanks for listening to the Dr. Tina show please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0 as well as visit my website at DrTina.com This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Gilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week.